Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you're looking forward to a great weekend, including time spent with your brothers and sisters in Christ, doing worship and fellowship and praying and study and service together. That's what a home church is all about. If you don't have a place like that, you need to be actively looking for a place. And if that's what you're doing, and you happen to be within driving distance of the Elkhart East Building, please come and consider us a place that you might call home. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter number 3. We just barely got started on this section about leadership. And today we want to delve into it nice and deep. This section, along with the first chapter in the book of Titus, is Paul's way of directing his protégés. That is, Titus over on the island of Crete, Timothy at Ephesus, in making sure that the local leadership is solid. You don't want people in, especially spiritual leadership, that are not stable. We want good people. And um, he set down some characteristics, some people refer to them as qualifications, that would mark these people as being stable leaders for the congregation. And we will take a lot of those things uh, one item at a time. And uh, I'll just let you know now, I will be constantly referencing the parallels between Titus chapter 1 and 1 Timothy chapter 3. So 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1, let's start where we ended yesterday. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires, that is, has this desire, to the office of the overseer, so to this job, a volunteer job for the most part, of overseer or supervisor. Uh, the word is where we get our word episcopal. So it's epi, which is upon or over, scopus, to look. So that's the whole idea of overseer, supervisor, someone that's keeping an eye on the church for Jesus Christ. Uh, I like to use the word shepherd as the parallel term here, because a shepherd is looking over the flock of God. Others like the word elder uh, because it speaks to the experience of life that many of these gentlemen have. But uh, I, I'm a little bit concerned that sometimes when people hear elder, they feel that everybody in this position has to be ancient, and that's not what's required. In fact, if you think about it, Jesus was only in his 30s when he was doing his peak leadership. And his apostles all seem to be in that same age range of probably 30s and into their 40s. And so that's where I think a lot of the gentlemen in this group will at least start their leadership work. 
So he says, if anyone's aspiring to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. So it's good that you want to do this. Verse 2, therefore, the overseer must be above reproach. Now, I like to use the word unindictable. Uh, when I was doing my research on the original language words here, I came across a couple of passages in uh, books outside of the Bible uh, that were legal in context. And the idea was uh, you want people that are not constantly under a shadow. Uh, the word literally means without attachment points or handles, grab points. Uh, we don't need leaders in the church that are suspect. We want them above reproach. We want them unindictable. The next thing that it says is the husband of one wife. Now, this has thrown a lot of people off because they have not considered this uh, phrase in the context of the time. Uh, this is not a reference to polygamy because in the Roman Empire, it was illegal for any man to be married to more than one woman at a time. So it is obvious from that that Paul is not addressing the issue of polygamy. Now, we can also take note uh, that this is uh, not necessarily requiring that the man be married. Uh, number one, Paul himself continues to advise uh, people to be like himself, unmarried, because then they can focus completely on their uh, work for God instead of on their own family responsibilities. Now, he said when he was writing about that to the Corinthians that he recommended this for the current crisis. So, I do not see the Apostle Paul disqualifying himself and all the other men that might listen to his advice and not get married. Uh, beyond that, we see the same phrase, just opposite gender, later in this book, 1 Timothy, when Paul is laying out the requirements for being a Christian widow, being supported by the local church. And one of the qualifications is, the wife of one husband, or the way I like to put it, a one-man woman. Now, if she's widowed, she can't be married. So that tells us that this phrase does not require marriage as a necessity. Just that if they are married, that they must be committed and devoted to that spouse of theirs. So they're not cheating on them, basically. They are completely committed. Now, some people would ask, well, what about those that have been divorced and then remarried? Well, I think you have to take those uh, situations uh, one at a time and consider them. Uh, if they had been, as a Christian, married 
and then decided to cheat on their spouse and ended up divorced, my take on that is they would not be qualified to be one of the shepherds of a church because they did not live an exemplary life when it came to the aspect of marriage. And marriage, of course, is the first organization of creation, a man and a woman together for a lifetime. Uh, But if you have an example of someone, say, that was cheated on, and uh, they even tried to repair it, but there was no avail, they ended up being divorced because of the other party, because of their wife's choice, then that person, according to Paul's own uh, teaching, again, in the Corinthian letter, is that that person is not at fault. It is not their, it is not their choice to have been divorced. And therefore, I would have zero problem for that person uh, being uh, still qualified according to this terminology here. One last uh, example question. Uh, what about someone who was married and divorced before they became a Christian? And I think that one's a really easy one. Uh, what happened to you before you were a Christian doesn't count. Because as Scripture says, in Christ we are a new creation. Uh, so I would just advise you, uh, if you are considering how to apply these passages uh, for potential leaders, if you've got someone who is completely committed to their wife, and they may have had problems way back in the past before they became Christians, don't worry about that. What's it like right now? Uh, They may have been divorced by a spouse that didn't like them, that cheated on them themselves. And so they ended up being the innocent party. Don't hold what other people did to them against them. Look at their life. Look at their fruit. Are they living like a one-woman man? Uh, are they committed uh, to the, uh, the concept of godly marriage? And so if they have that mindset, even if they're single, you know, they might be widowed, uh, If they have that concept, that lifestyle, then they seem, in my mind, to meet the criteria here. Now, the next line uh, that we have here in uh, the English Standard Version that we're using is sober-minded. And that can be a reference to not getting drunk, but that actually comes up later. So, more than likely, Paul has in mind here the more... Uh, metaphorical sense, and that is clear-headed. They think clearly. Now, the reason that we need leaders like this is to oversee the church. Remember, keep an eye on the church. So you don't want someone that is flighty, someone that is disorganized, uh, not on top of it, uh, to take this role on. So clear minded or sober minded seems to speak to this idea you want somebody that is stable in this position uh, self-controlled or um, the idea of sound-minded 
You want somebody that is not falling apart, that is organized, keeping things together, uh, respectable, uh, same sort of thing. Uh, they are uh, the type of person that people look up to, that uh, have a lifestyle that speaks to who's in control of their life, and that is Jesus Christ. Uh, if you want to uh, bring in something that I continually bring in as a memory passage, uh, they really need to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Uh, that's the sort of respectable person that we're wanting to put in to one of these leadership slots. Uh, the next uh, word is hospitable. Hospitable means literally to love strangers. So people they've never met, people that might even be different than they are, that is, uh, outside of their normal frame of reference, doesn't matter to them. They look at those people as potential brothers and sisters in Christ, and they treat them with concern and respect. You know, uh, one of the things that elders need uh, to uh, do along this line is when people show up at the church services or Bible studies for the very first time, the elders, the shepherds, the overseers need to be among the first ones that make contact with those folks to make sure they are safe, secure, and that they are guided uh, into the possibilities of becoming part of this family. Uh, first, by becoming part of the body of Christ, and second, potentially becoming part of this local portion of the body of Christ. So, hospitable. Uh, next line, able to teach. We need to have spiritual leaders that have a good handle on the Word of God. In fact, that's kind of where uh, the other passage goes with this. Um, we need to have those that know the Word of God inside and out and are capable of passing it on to others. You know, there are some pretty good gentlemen out there that meet all the other criteria here, but they're just not really good about teaching the Word of God or having a good grasp on the Word of God. And I believe that that would be enough to disqualify them from serving as one of these spiritual leaders. Uh, let me read to you uh, my translation of Titus's uh, parallel here. Titus 1.9, where Paul writes to his other protege. He says, Having tight or holding tight to the trustworthy word in accordance with the teaching, so that he might be able to encourage by healthy teaching and to expose detractors. So it's not just simply that they have knowledge, you know, a passing knowledge of the word. These guys know the word well and know how to handle it. It continues into verse 10. For there are many unsubmissive persons, empty talkers, and mind deluders, especially those from the circumcision, that'd be the, 
the Judaizers I keep talking about, who must be shut up since they are overturning the whole household, teaching things which they must not for the sake of shameful gain. Uh, So when Paul is writing to Titus on this same topic, he really uh, lays it out. You'd want people that aren't just passingly familiar with God's Word, they know how to use it to put down false teaching and to respond to false teachers and to keep things on the up and up according to the Word of God. So that's who we're looking for, for these spiritual leadership roles as Uh, shepherds or overseers, Episcopal uh, persons, bishops. We want solid Bible students and teachers. Verse number three, back in our 1 Timothy passage, says, not a drunkard. Uh, I like uh, to kind of use the tongue-in-cheek phrase, not a wino. Now, you might think that's a a funny little phrase, but you immediately know what I mean by that. Uh, It's a person that they're always connected with drink. It is their life. Uh, They are the person that's got always got a bottle in their hand or a can in their hand, and they always have the smell of alcohol in their breath. That's the problem. They are controlled by something completely different than what should have control of them. Uh, We could expand this out uh, to the idea of an addictive personality because people are not just simply addicted to alcohol. Uh, They can be addicted to drugs uh, that also alter the mind and the way that people think. And we can't have that in leadership. Now, they can be recovered from that, uh, or recovering. I've got zero problems with that idea. In fact, they might even uh, be able to teach better uh, those that are caught up in such things. But they cannot be actively devoted to these mind-altering substances all the time. It's just not helpful. Uh, Because it's not stable. Uh, Verse 3 then says, not violent. Uh, The uh, older versions say something along the lines of not pugnacious at this point, uh, which I I always had to look that up. I'm like, what's pugnacious? It's got something to do with a dog. Uh, But then I found out that there's another vocabulary, pugilism, which has to do with boxing. And the literal wording here is not a striker, not someone that's ready to punch somebody out at the drop of a hat. You know, I was at a um, church board meeting once, and things got rather heated, which I was already uh, appalled at that. I was was in my uh, early 20s still at the time, and... uh, At one point, I thought one of the guys was going to punch the other person across the table. And immediately, my mind went to this sort of passage and like, this person should not be in spiritual leadership in a church uh, because they can't control their temper. 
And that's what Paul is saying. Everything that we're reading about here is about control. These gentlemen that are going to lead the church have already got to be led by Christ and in control through the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Continuing, it says, uh, but gentle. And that's actually a contrast here. Instead of wanting to punch people out, uh, it's an idea, but rather willing to yield, to give way to the other person, you know, see things from their perspective or say, well, you know what, let's just not worry about it. Let's move on from this. Uh, th- this, is th- this is a person that instead of trying to fix things with their fists, fix things with their humility. And that is definitely in the vein of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Uh, Not quarrelsome. Um, Literally, it means not combative, uh, not wanting to um, get into fights. You know, there are some people out there that seem to enjoy stirring the pot. We've talked about them before. Uh, They always like a good argument, and uh, they are very argumentative, not appropriate. Uh, Leaders should not be... Uh, those that want to cause contention inside the church. Uh, They should actually be the ones trying to stamp that out. Uh, Next line, not a lover of money. Uh, And that is pretty much the literal meaning here, not the lover of silver, uh, because they use silver coins as their main exchange uh, medium. Uh, If these guys are only in it for the cash, that's a bad sign. And Paul is aware of that. I mean, he he has critiqued uh, these false teachers, these these personality cult leaders that seem to be only interested in lining their own pockets. And so the moment you see someone... Uh, vying for spiritual leadership in a church uh, that is only looking into how much money they might be able to get out of it, that's, that's a disqualifier right there. Uh, you probably should keep in mind that these are also qualifiers for preachers because preachers, uh, most of them that are in located ministry, are actually pastor teachers. They are overseer teachers. They are part of this group that is keeping watch over the church, over the local flock. So they are pastors uh, as well as teachers. They are shepherds along with these other shepherds. And so if you've got a preacher uh, candidate coming to a church uh, and the first thing that they want to know about is, how much are you going to pay me? And then the next thing is, well, you need to pay me more than that. Um, I would suggest to you that there is something not quite right uh, with their heart at that moment. And uh, maybe you should uh, consider other issues that might be out of kilter as well. Verse number four, he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. Now, we are talking about minor children here, which is another reason why this is likely about gentlemen that are in their 30s and 40s to begin with. 
Uh, and the idea in Paul's mind here is if his household is out of control, that is, his kids are juvenile delinquents and running around doing all sorts of damage and engaging in inappropriate and illegal behavior, that's a big, bad warning sign. Uh, verse 5, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for the Lord's church? So if he can't even keep some teenagers from running wild and going crazy, how is he going to provide oversight for a bunch of contentious uh, people who have just come out of uh uh, of paganism and are having a hard time maturing in the faith and are having a hard time getting along with others in that same category. Uh, we need stability. I keep emphasizing that because that really is the point of this passage. The spiritual leaders of the church, the elders, the the pastors, the, the shepherds, uh, however you want to refer to them, these guys have got to be the most stable members of the local flock. Verse number six, he must not be a recent convert. So you don't want a newbie in this position. Now, when the church was first pushing out, uh, you will see Paul establish a church as he comes through, and a few months later, he comes back through and he appoints elders in that church. And so you might think, well, how did he find anybody that wasn't a recent convert? And my response is, some of those recent converts had already been Jewish believers in Scripture for decades previous. And so they really weren't in that category of somebody having just recently developed a relationship with God. And that's the point that we're looking at here, is you don't want somebody that is brand new to the faith. I mean, absolutely a baby in the understanding of Scripture and others, uh, because they will not react well, likely, to the responsibility and authority that's given to them. In fact, that's the warning that comes next. He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. So, gets so full of himself that he thinks he's the boss and everybody has to do what he says, and that's just trouble. And then we'll finish with this. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. I'm telling you folks, one of the best things you can do is talk to the people the guy works with if he's a candidate for elder get their opinion of him. And if it's not a high opinion, think twice before you put this person into leadership at the congregation.